0: Welcome to the Rudo Love podcast, a series of interviews and anecdotes tailored for the inquisitive souls of today. On today's oo oo interview where I ask juicy questions to people that move me, I have with me today Rachel Norton, a dear friend joining me. Rachel is a native creature to Lexington, Kentucky, where I grew up. Born 10 years after me, Rachel grew up with my sister, the two of them spending their days riding horses, adventuring in the woods, and actually, you should fill in the
1: blanks here because you know more about your child pastimes. What, what were you doing as a child? Oh my gosh, together, besides her throwing things at me that I cannot catch, <laughs> um, <laughs> I've been discovering um, both of us having terrible allergies and being allergic to the entire state, We had so much fun. I feel like we, um, I mean, I've been in Lexington a long time now, so I've really gotten to see it grow up, but we got to do a bit of that together. And also just like the farm that we grew up on, Wendino Farm, which is no longer uh, the place that it once was, still technically a farm. We just got to really grow up with some awesome women that I think shaped us a lot. I know for Eliana, I think it really shaped her desire to be a veterinarian and take care of animals. And for me, it really shaped my desire to take care of the environment, and also, I guess, just really promote sustainability in Kentucky, which is, I guess I don't have a ton of comparison because I haven't lived that many other places, but just from where I've traveled, it seems like a particularly tough place to promote some of the sustainability and climate change awareness. I could not (laughs) have a more
0: challenging state with mountaintop removal and, and coal. This is a fantastic state to find all of the challenges.
1: All of them. Yeah, all of them in one place. So, yeah. I'm well, like, welcome. You know, thank you. I'm excited to be here. Thanks for having me.
0: And I love how you um, phrased the idea of being around these revolutionary women who mm. ran Wendy Knoll, that they they shaped your drive and your focus. That's gorgeous. I'd never even kind of considered that, that, that um, the act of service and the act of... Um, I guess, revolutionary mindsets. Yeah. Contributed for you and Ellie in that way.
1: Well, and I don't, it's like those things you don't notice when you're little and then you Mm -hmm. grow up and you're like, oh my gosh, those people were crucial. Yeah. Were crucial to who I became. Wow. And just things that I didn't even know were happening at the time where they were just um, real leaders in Lexington Mm -hmm. around pride and just Gay marriage becoming legal and just like these massive massive things that I was when fr- I first knew them too little to like know what was going on, and then, as I grew up realizing like oh wow they're like they're not just um these two women who run this beautiful farm, which is amazing and enough, but they're so deeply involved in the community and social justice and just they're very inspiring ladies mm. yeah, yeah. Welcome to the UU interview.
0: Today, I wanted to divide our chat time between two subjects. Okay. I'm deeply interested in these two domains where we have the art of burlesque mm-hmm. and your own delving into that and environmental sustainability, which you've meshed into your career. Yes. <laughs> so I'd love to start with burlesque because it's so very juicy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, what part of you gets nourished or taken care of as you explore burlesque?
1: Mm, I feel like there's several aspects of me. I feel like one thing that's been really important to me being in a place like Kentucky is really finding my people. Mm. And I've had to be, in some ways, I mean, in some ways, I feel like I still find people just like naturally in these beautiful serendipitous ways. But I've almost had to be a bit strategic and making sure that I like am finding nourishing communities that are, curious and artistic and explorative and really like just keeping that those parts of me really alive and happy so i feel like there is just that community sense like mm. it is absolutely just like sweet and safe and understanding and gentle like it's just <laughs> such a good space and i know i will say the woman that runs it Trashique, What a great! <laughs> it's, it's great <laughs> it's, um it's called burlex um the organization now And is in the Lexington Arts Building. So Uh, that's very, very exciting. I grew Um, up in there. (laughs) Yeah, it's such a sweet space. Old, old building, which is actually a really funny intersection of these two topics. Um, (laughs) But um, so that's been really nourishing. And then I feel like another thing that just like as we like grow up and our bodies change and we age, I definitely I was just a person who... I feel like as a kid, I had like rapid growth at one point and then like stayed the same for a long time and like rapid growth another point in my life and just kind of stayed the same. So, and as a kid, that felt very normalized um, to have those just like periods of change and transition in your body. Um, And as an adult, it has not felt normalized as I'm sure most people can relate to that feeling. Um, So just, and not even necessarily rapid, but just even like body transition and change Mm -hmm. Mm that I had no mental place for that as, as like, um. and I feel like even being surrounded by people that are very supportive and will always be like, Oh, like this is just natural. Like, and loving your body is the most important thing. And I feel like I can say all of those things to myself and it is important to say those truths, but being around people who just really, really enjoy their bodies and share them as like this, like artistic performance to be enjoyed is like, the medicine for things like fat phobia and things like patriarchy and capitalism. I feel like it's when I'm at a show and I'm seeing all these people I care about just be like, look at everything. It's perfect and beautiful. I am so happy. (laughs) Like I'm a little, I'm like a little emotional because I'm like, it's just really sweet. Yes. Yeah.
0: And those, I mean, you talk about intentional communities and going towards the antidote mm-hmm. to body terrorism, as Sonia Renee Taylor says. Oh, the yeah. um, antidote is being in a community that is utilizing this exact same subject of terror yeah. into the revolution, into the place of worship. Like, as you were talking about the lack of support for transitions mm. in, in older um you know anything past childhood basically like you've got like teenage dumb and there's like a little bit of rite of passage there and then you've got like turning 21 a little bit of rite of passage there and then you're just done and people are just asking you like when are you going to be a parent when are you going (laughs) to do this (laughs)
1: that's
0: it there and there's like nothing Mm -hmm. else and it doesn't even address any of the things so i was thinking as you were saying you know that this has been a source of support for you. Mm -hmm. I was thinking ceremony, ritual, Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. sacredness, turning all of these intricacies and facets of your body and having this like place to do it in, this container.
1: Yeah, it's fun because um, where you're like, I think you said like worship or sacred or something and Trashik often says like, welcome to Titty Church. Yes! (laughs) Whoa! Very fun. (laughs) That's a great phrase. (laughs) Makes me happy.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So do you get a sense that there are different approaches to burlesque or, you know, communities or is there sort of a... um, Actually, really, rather, what has your approach been to learning burlesque?
1: Yeah, I feel really lucky to have this like container that has been created because I I'm like quite new. I've done two shows, mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, and it's I just more started. shows than the average person. Yeah, and that my first show, I will say, I was so i for the first time as an adult, I was so nervous. I felt like sick. I was <laughs> like, I don't know what's gonna happen. It's so scary. But my second one, I got to really enjoy more because I wasn't so quite so nervous. Mm. Um, I guess in general, I experienced with my first like creation of a routine, just really wanting to make a safe space for myself to Mm -hmm. succeed. Like that was my main goal. Is I was like, this doesn't have to be big. This doesn't have to be flashy. Like I just want to feel like my costume works really well and like my dance is something that I can find myself in with ease and uh yeah i guess like that really was what that was about for me and i just like wanted to have fun also mm. um, and right now the second one my um my teacher trashik has asked that in our our second one that we're creating that we try to do something very different than what we did the first time so this time instead of leaning in some more maybe like a traditional just like seductive like just be yeah that tends to be like a more traditional vibe i'm trying to be quite campy and silly Mm. um but while still really leaning into like creating safety and and fun wow yeah how does safety factor
0: into your approach
1: (sighs) that's a good question i think um, is that an internal yes yes definitely just like sense of like I can be here and I can do this thing and I can be in my body in this way and this feels good and everyone around me feels supportive and and it's so supportive. It's so sweet. Like, I don't, I, it's just like everyone, <laughs> for of the people in the audiences for these are like your friends that are like, you were incredible <laughs> like <laughs> right <laughs> afterwards. And it's just, it's really sweet. So I think, yeah, the internal safety And also just that little bit of like personal growth and challenge of just like Mm. having a nice place for me to like move into that a bit. So you've been challenged to do something very different than your first
0: one. So tell us about your character and narrative that you're exploring in this routine.
1: In the second one, yeah. yeah. Are you? Oh, I hope I don't like ruin it. No, it's fine. Okay. I'm not worried about it. Like, come see it if you're in Lexington. I guess. Yeah. Be this is on, your pitch. <laughs> yeah, I guess the the whole student show. So it's a student showcase. So she nice. has two two like quote unquote levels at this point in time. So I'm in like the second level class now. But we do our whole student showcase together, and so it will be October 23rd at Al's Bar. I want to say it starts at like six, actually, but it goes, I'm sure, until midnight. It will be many acts, so you can show up at any point (laughs) and see amazing things. But so I'll actually get to two two different things. The first one I will do that night is a whole group act for our entire class, which is very like uh, Halloween-themed, very fun, fitting for the season, yeah, just very I haven't gotten to do a group dance act since like high school musicals. So, oh um God. I'm very excited to just like dance with people. Um and then the second one that I'm working on, I'm very much leaning into like this intersection with my work where I tend to like dress in quite masculine clothing and I have like tool belts on and big clunky boots. So, I'm Dressing up as a construction worker, essentially, <laughs> um, which I think will be really fun. And I'll have like tools in my tool belt that I'll do very silly things to. Mm. And um, What silly things? Could what? <laughs> and No images come to mind. None. No. Who could possibly? What could you do? I, th- I had a lot of different ideas about it. I really, I really originally wanted to wrap myself in caution tape and then like unwrap the caution and like have this whole thing. It's very difficult to figure out an easy way to do. So I I pivoted. Um, (laughs) Actually, your advice of like, keep it simple so you're having fun on stage with like costuming. It's a good call. It's a good call. So I'm just really leaning into that silliness. And I'm not I honestly I don't really know what it will bring out for me. I didn't really know what my first one was going to bring out for me emotionally until I had solidified the entire routine and was and was able to do it on stage, actually. And for that first one, um, what was very cool for me to experience is I had this point, and my first one was I did Diamonds Are Forever was the song. Um, James Bond. Yes, it was very like, so my name is Permission. um, And I was like doing a mission type, yeah, James Bond mission song. And I had this point where I just like stood there completely still and like stared out at everyone. And it was a... it was quite intense. And when I did the dress rehearsal, Trashik was like, you're going to have to do that again at the end because that's very, very excellent. You're going to have to do it again. And I was oh. like, so it was really funny. Wow. That it was it was very cool. And that was the hardest part of my whole dance, which is so it was but it was very much like power. This is, yeah. This is what it is to like stand in your power. And that was like so special. Um, I really loved that. So I'm kind of like, I don't know what it'll be for this one. I'll find out when I'm up there, I guess. (laughs) Amazing. Uh, I
0: asked you something um, while we were hanging out crafting yesterday, Mm -hmm. so I thought I'd ask it here. What to you is the difference between what you're doing in burlesque, in this particular act, Mm -hmm. versus doing a drag king show?
1: It's still going to be like quite feminine for me it will very much and and I don't I have to be honest I don't know a ton about drag king arts and everything and I haven't seen a lot of them but I am very much still in my femininity and I especially after removals and so I feel like it's instead of like very directly being in a different type of gender expression my Mm. entire time I don't know if this is entirely correct but instead of being in in my entirely different type of gender expression I feel like I really want to explore like this is a mask I have to wear a lot but underneath it's very much still this um just like in my life Mm. um so especially like being in Kentucky being in a technical field being in environmental work like this is how i may have to quote unquote present whether it's my clothes or just the way I'm talking or acting like this is how I feel I need to be to get things done but underneath I'm s- I still feel like a sexy lady <laughs> 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 I don't know if that makes sense it does okay. did you just use
0: a burlesque vocab word removals yes what is that is that
1: literally the act of removal yeah removaling The removal- <laughs> yes mm. <laughs> So removal, that will just be like, um, trash will be like, how many removals for this act? Oh, so, gotcha. Um, it's like the layers. Yeah, how many layers? So I have to think my first act was actually only two. Yeah, only two. I wanted it to be simple, so I just did two. And this I'm one... I'm the costuming gets more complex when you're
0: trying to do more than that.
1: Yes, and I, and it can be a little intimidating mm. and there are all these like tricks you can do to like, like little fail safes, but there's also tricks you can do that some people do to like actually make sure it doesn't come off right away. So you're up there, like pulling at something like, eh, get it off of me. <laughs> <It won't come. laughs> so they're really funny tricks, but uh, this time I'm going to have like four, I think. So wow. that'll be different. Nice. Yeah. Double. Doubling. Look yeah. at Joe. Yeah. Growing up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. So what turns you on
0: about burlesque and what turns you off? Mm.
1: I feel like it's kind of like part of what I was saying before, actually. Like the way I experience and see my body and other people's bodies in this just like very celebratory way mm. really lights me up. And I don't know if it's like. I could say, like, some of it's sexually, but also it's just, like, this, like, glow. Like, I just, I'm just just feeling, like, very good and safe and loved and just, like, there's so much possibility kind of a feeling. So, I I mean, it feels like a big kind of all-encompassing feeling. You mm-hmm. don't know. It's a good qu- I'm like, what turns me off about burlesque? I don't know if I found one that has turned me off about burlesque yet. Yeah, I'll probably have to think about it. It's really, it's definitely really different, I feel like, being at a show and, like, being with all these people that are so lovely. And there's probably moments when I'm actually on stage where I might be turned off because I'm just, like, nervous or, like, just too in my head. And I'm like, this isn't as fun when I'm, like, trying to figure out seven things at a time. Um, Mm. (laughs) So if I... Yeah, it's probably funny that, like...
0: I'm assuming it's the biggest jump out of your comfort zone is the performance bit
1: yeah yeah and it's definitely like I was saying before just like in terms of trying new things as an adult Mm -hmm. um the most nervous that I've been which I love and I love that I found something that does that for me and I think that's important but that might be a bit of a block sometimes so (laughs) I'm sort of hopeful that and it even showed just in my second performance that I was like able to just like really enjoy it Mm. and not be so nervous. So I'm, I'm hopeful that that continues. Yes.
0: Yes. All signs point to. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Okay. So to me, Mm -hmm. there is a deep connection between our sensual selves, our lust for life and the desire to protect the earth. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Your choice of pastime and your subject of expertise to me seem perfectly paired. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So what sparks your vital essence, your lustiness for life when you think about our natural world?
1: Yeah, I I do feel really strongly about it. And I guess I will say in the past, like, I was going to say two or three years, maybe even five years because COVID time confuses my brain mm-hmm. I've decided that like if I had like a a calling or a title, I would be a healer and a builder mm. and I think in the work that i do i i have in doing environmental work, I've learned more about people and communities than I ever thought mm. i would like i like I'm an engineer, <laughs> and I am passionate about that I feel like. I am probably less technically minded and more socially minded than maybe the average engineer, potentially. Mm. But, like, that's what I enjoy more anyways is just, like, the fact that you can create these solutions which are satisfying on their own, but, like, then you can see, like, the ripples and how things work better. And the more I learn, like, when I mentioned, like, the um Not the Burlex building. The Lex Arts building is in this very old building. I can see these, like, pieces of what other people created that have that still have a lot of value and that we can still turn into net zero buildings and we can we can do so much to what we already have we don't have to keep generating and producing we have so much right here and i really believe that and i really hope i think one of the things that drives me the most <laughs> upset i guess as i see the way that our economy abandons things, Mm. I guess, in the United States anyway, (laughs) our economy. That's that's universal. Yeah. Abandons perfectly good homes, Mm -hmm. uh, abandons perfectly good buildings, lets them fall into the ground. And there are people that could, could be housed. Like there are just like solutions that are right there. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm not saying it's easy or perfect. Like obviously there are like issues with these old buildings and things like that. it, so both like that is the thing that really grinds my gears, um, of just right. like, just gears. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fitting. And like, I feel like I'll, I have a lot of fight in me yeah. for that. yeah. Um, and then I also have a lot of just like, when I'm like really working with people on solutions they want for their communities. Like when I go to Hazard, Kentucky and they're like psyched about solar on their community buildings, it's so cool. I'm just yeah. like, yeah, people in Kentucky want this. They've been fighting for this like and I like they just the reason they're not like I don't know, people that have lived in coal country and just been like oppressed for a very long time tend to not ask for these types of things for their communities anymore cuz they've been really really taken advantage of in just dark dark ways by coal companies for generations of their families. So all that to say, <laughs> I could talk about that for a long time, but I I feel really strongly about um, the fact that we have workable solutions and that we can combat climate change in ways that build resilient communities and a new economy. Yeah. What
0: kind of advances are you the keenest on? Ooh, advances. Right? Because, right? I mean, that's what, like, a yeah. biosystems engineer is
1: all about. Yeah, I feel like... The more I do this, the more the things that I most, I guess I'll say the things I'm most passionate about seeing happen in Kentucky Mm. Mm. are a lot more solar. Mm -hmm. rooftops. so, so much more. We have so little. Uh, It's so underutilized and it's just getting better every single day. It's incredible. I think electric vehicles are also incredible Mm -hmm. for those who can afford them. Mm. That's another piece where I'm like, Mm. a lot better financing. Wouldn't that be great? Yeah. Yeah. No more credit checks. So there's a lot about how people can get all of these things that I'm very passionate about and then i I think the thing about me that's like i feel it's all it's just almost like funny it's like. And talking about the sexy burlesque thing and the technology, I'm like, it's not the sexy technology I'm really passionate about. I'm just like, seal up the, like seal up all the cracks, put insulation, damn good insulated <laughs> tight house. <Yes. laughs> yeah, yeah Someone made it sexy. Thank God. Um, Let's get that house tight, nice <laughs> um, so it can breathe so nicely. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but that's usually the joke is like energy efficiency isn't super sexy but it works really well it's like there's all this stuff that we gotta bust that right out of the water that's, yeah we need to make it sexy we need yeah. to make the vocabulary oh way my god easier. maybe that's what I become is like this like burlesque person that like talks about why energy efficiency is so sexy
0: yes yeah.
1: bring yeah. the lust <laughs> into it <laughs> I want this for you. <laughs> it's going to be really warm in this house now. Watch this space, y'all. <laughs> oh
0: you heard it here first. Patent pending. <laughs> I want your IP to yes. be the sensual environmentalist. <laughs>
1: What the oh, word? there's so many wordplay, like sensual, like essential. There's so many wordplay things here. Oh my god, yes. it's gonna be, it's gonna be a thing. All right, <laughs> I love it. So, <laughs> How
0: do I move on? Um, where are we as a global sensual community headed? That you are impassioned, inflamed by?
1: <laughs> oh, where? I I think it is I've ruined you. <laughs> I, I'm like I'm thinking about like environmental things. Mm. And I'm like I find it challenging and incredibly important to hold on to positive thinking and hope in the state that I live in. Yeah. So I, that's like a legit anxiety now right like therapists are actually
0: recognizing that climate
1: anxiety yeah 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 and it's it's real and it's wild because like research is showing that like people are concerned the majority of people are concerned and i'm watching the united states still not do a great job right like they're or even recognize mental health right and i mean like there are there is legislation that's coming out like that is like it's putting a lot of dollars into all kinds of very important things that have to do with impacting and mitigating climate change. Mm -hmm. That is definitely true. And I am really glad that that's happening. Um, I think like what, the more that I'm in this field, the more that I have found that the way that this will get done Mm. is if we actually start prioritizing equity, Mm. um, Because if we don't, if we keep prioritizing capitalism and patriarchy and power over, Mm. um, we're not going to live in harmony with our environment. So I think the more I see like the voices of Indigenous people elevated, the more I see them get elected to office and like change how we're doing things. Same with like people of color, the LGBTQ community, just like so many people. That are underserved and underheard. And I like I'm a technical person, I swear. I care about your attic being insulated too, but I do feel really strongly that if we don't change who we're listening to and how we're listening, then um and who's who has power and is using it in a way that serves all of us, mm. we will not be successful. Thank and you. and I don't know what that means, but I and I, I say all that to say. I do think that is going in a good direction. I do feel good about that right now. Could always be doing more, but I feel good about it.
0: Yeah. Bjorn definitely helps me in my moments of extreme impatience, which are Mm. frequent. (laughs) Um, He, you know, gently reminds me that if you take a step back and look at how far we've
1: come, it's true.
0: We are rapidly improving.
1: Yeah, it is true. I've never been a patient person Mm-mm, myself. No. Yeah. Someone else can
0: be patient for <laughs> Okay. I am very excited to ask you this question. If you could dream up the most balanced, most beautiful and innovative city to live in, what would it look like? What What would it be laid out mm. as? Or what would be some key attributes to this balanced,
1: beautiful city? I'll just go with key attributes because I've thought about this a lot. Oh, um, cool. No cars. Nice. Cars are gone. Nice. Um, bikes walking paths like very very accessible paths everywhere like paved nice very like able for or able and disable all body friendly paths everywhere maybe no stairs <laughs> so just definitely very yes very easy for people to move about it when you look at the city you see the people moving about mm. um, and i feel like I am also really interested in this idea of instead of generating power, like a state over and getting it sent to you, like really being responsible for the way your community um, uses, produces, like everything being there and using Like for Kentucky, like hemp would be a great thing to use as a biofuel crop, like something that grows right there that you can understand how it impacts your community, your air quality, everything. Like, how do you how much do you want to use? So then you don't have people that are in the mountains of Kentucky breathing these this terrible air from coal fired power plants. You know exactly what's happening right where you are. Mm. And I'm I'll say this will be my one really nerdy thing that I'll say having having financing for people to access efficient energy efficient technology mm-hmm. is really important and there's a lot of inclusive financing that has been created um one is called on bill financing and it's on your energy bill with your energy company a lot of companies refuse to do it mm. cuz it doesn't i mean if you're using more energy, they're making more money. So there, and there's some issues, there's some serious issues with investor and utilities in the United States, but having ways because the, the high tech things are expensive, like that it took a lot to create them, like, and, um, having really efficient equipment, like that's an expensive thing to mm. purchase, but mm. it pays for itself. Yeah. So if you have a way to finance it, then it pays for it. It's like, you're, you you have a lower bill immediately. It's just, it's so possible. It's so doable. So, so that too. I'll go with those three. I'll leave it at that. Gorgeous. Ooh,
0: that's perfect. I love the, uh, again, the intersection between our bodies mm-hmm. and the environment. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. how we live in it. It's our home. Damn sexy.
1: So hot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm over here also like but not too hot. Like
0: cool off. Oh, <laughs> not that kind of hot. <laughs> <laughs> oh babe, um have we is there something that you that's on your mind that you wanted to uh express to us, the audience? Mm. Um yeah, what what have we not covered?
1: I will say if you are a Kentuckian Mm -hmm. that is feeling like you would like to be more involved in a lot of these things, I would check out Kentuckians for the Commonwealth. That's how I was activated as a social justice, uh, I guess, like aware person in my state. And I felt like it's everything from like healthcare to environmentalism to like getting registered to vote and vote. (laughs) <laughs> mm. check out Kentuckians for the Commonwealth yeah wherever you are in the world register also to vote yes please 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 and I guess if you want to follow me my Instagram it's still young but it's at her permission is my Instagram name and my burlesque name is permission because I feel like as a healer and a builder it allows people like permission to be their best selves and in their best environments so That's my, that's
0: my thing. Amazing. So it's at her mission permission. Mm -hmm. Great. Awesome. Wonderful. So I ask my guests uh, two random questions. I change them seasonally. So you are, it's bizarre because you're in autumn, but Mm -hmm. New Zealand's in spring. Okay. But we'll just call them transition questions. (laughs) Nice. Perfect. (laughs) If you could design a spaceship to travel to Mm. other galaxies... Describe what it would look like or behave like. How would it
1: travel through space and time? Ooh. I like that I'm finally asking an engineer this question. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm like, I simultaneously have so many design thoughts and I also just watched the movie Nope not, not that long ago. And I remember I was like, Oh, there could be a spaceship that could be quite alive on its own, which would be very cool. Very cool. Um, And I feel like that's what I, I would want it to be quite organic and as much of a living environment on its own as possible and I had this like very cool microbiology professor once that was like in like 10 years we're just going to plug ourselves into computers and we'll just merge and all this (laughs) this so she's very cool Um, but I'm like yeah it should be just like a place where I can grow food and like it should be its own environment yeah nice yeah yeah
0: What practice of nourishment or cup filling that you have
1: right now that you Mm -hmm. find really helpful? Ooh, I well, I'm an animal person, so Mm. anytime I can be around an animal or even just walk a dog, I am delighted. Um, True, really enjoy walking dogs. I. Yeah. I think I learned it during COVID, especially. I didn't, I'm like, maybe I just need to like walk my neighbor's dogs too. I don't, I don't know. I just went on very long walks with my dog. Nice. And it's simple and I love it. So yeah.
0: Beautiful. Oh, darling, thank you so much for your time. We're wrapping ourselves up and I'm just feeling the magic and the potency of what we've talked about today. Yay. Thank you, thank you for your time.
1: Thank you so much, it was so fun. Good. Just a little bit of gratitude,
0: gratitude to the innovators and uh, brave souls that look at access and equity and sustainability and social change. Thank you to the network of community and support that helps us become our best selves and feel mm-hmm. safe and nourished. Thank you to uh, you, dear listener, for your consideration and curiosity. And thank you to Bjorn uh, for packaging up and producing this lovely little experiment. <laughs> Yay! Uh, uh, and thank you, Rachel.
1: Yes, thank you so much. It's so good to be with you
0: we mm. We'll see you again for another weekly episode of the Rudo Love Podcast. Kakitianoa ho iakoto